Lord. Are you ready? Are you ready? All right, good. Well, today's message, uh, I'm going to call it grow. Come on, say that with me. It helps me out when you say it back. Grow. And, and, and what's, what's, what, what I want to say, what I want to share is this. In all my life that I've served the Lord, I don't think I've personally ever met a Christian that says that they don't want to grow spiritually. Now, maybe they are out there that say, well, you know what, I'm saved now. I got my ticket to heaven, and, and I don't want to grow spiritually. I just want to be the same. I, 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 I haven't met anybody like that yet. Uh, is there anybody like that in the house today? I know you won't raise your hand either. <laughs> but, uh, but, but most of us, uh, if you were to be asked that question, uh, do you want to grow in your walk with Jesus? Do you want to grow in your relationship with God? Most Christians, if they are truly born again, is something that they would, without hesitation, will say yes. I think the problem oftentimes is, what does it take to grow? Is that right? But most of the time, the answer will be yes. Okay. And I want to, uh, and that's what I want to zero in on because the Lord wants us to grow. In fact, the Lord delights in us to grow. And God, and, and the Bible uses metaphors oftentimes maybe that are, uh, that are maybe related to plants and things like that. Like Jesus says that I am the vine and you are the branches. Uh, you know, so, so if you're connected with me, then you know, you will bear much fruit. And God, he talks about fruitfulness and all that because God desires for us uh, at any stage that we are in, that we move forward. In fact, he says that he moves us from one glory to another. Okay, so if you have been uh, saved for a long time and, uh, and you're not growing and you're kicking, you know, uh, something is wrong. You've got to evaluate because I, I, I believe even if we've been walking with Jesus for a long time and we know it all, we still should grow. And I've met people like that in my life that have been tremendous men of people that are God that I've had great respect for. And one of the things that always really endears me to some of those giants that I've met in my life that have had an impact in me, oftentimes there are people that have very, they're very humble in, in nature, um, in the sense that they, 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 they have never arrived as far as where they go with God. And, I, and I've said this before, Elena, Pastor Paul Stan, Grandpa Stan, is one of those men in my life that made a really mark in my life because after he had done so much for the kingdom. He's, if there was a book... That was written about, and there was a few books that were written about him, but there will never be enough to fill in all the works and the sacrifices, the impact they've done for, for the kingdom. But yet at the same time, he was even in the few last years of his life, he spent here in this church, and I can see him cheering on anybody that comes out to preach. And he would tell you when you talk to him, oh, the Lord challenged me in this today. And, and that to me is really awesome. And, 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 he, and, I, and I said, God help me. That I, I keep that humble attitude that I continue to grow in you. No matter how much accomplished I become, no matter how long I've lived, no matter how, what, what my resume looks like, I still want to continue to grow. Amen? I want to read a, a story as I go into the message in the Bible that's very interesting to me. I can't read the whole story, but it's Acts chapter 10 if you got your Bible. Acts chapter 10. And, it, and, 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 and I'm... And then we'll go in and, and have a few things to say about that. So uh, Acts chapter 10, if you're there, say amen. amen. All right. I'm going to begin with verse 1. In Caesarea, there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius, 
who was a captain of the Italian regiment. He was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. One afternoon, about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God. To, uh, an angel, he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, the angel said. Cornelius stared at him with terror. Are you kidding me? I would not have been staring at him. I would be on the ground, freaked out completely. You know, you know, you're right. What? This is the angel said, Cornelius. But he, this was an army uh, captain, uh, you know, so he probably, even though he was in terror, he, he could stand a little bit, yeah? So, but anyway, Cornelius, uh, <clears throat> what is it, sir? He asked the angel. And the angel replied, your prayers and your gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Now think about that. And that's a spiritual principle. In fact, we touched on this last week. What this guy did, he was just generous and gave money to people. But that money that he was giving was an offering to God. And, and that is exciting that as believers, we have that opportunity always to give an offering to the Lord by practical things of helping others. And God was pleased, in other words, by this man's uh, generosity and his care for other people. So, so the angel says, it has been received by God as an offering. Now send some men to Joppa and as and someone, a man called Simon Peter. I want you to underline someone, a man. If you'd like to underline or high mark or highlight your Bible, that's a good one because I'm going to come back to that. He's staying, uh, he's staying with Simon the Tanner who lives near the seashore. The guy had a beach house. I would be staying with that guy too. <clears throat> as soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two of his household servants and, div- and, and a devout soldier, one of his personal attendants. He told them what, what had happened and he sent them off to Joppa. The next day, as Cornelius' messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up on a flat roof to pray. It was about noon and he was hungry. But while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the sky open and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners. And in the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles, and birds. Then a voice said to him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. No, Lord, Peter declared. I have never eaten anything that the Jewish laws have declared to be impure or unclean. But the voice spoke again, Do not call unclean something unclean if God has made it clean. The same vision was repeated three times. How stubborn was Peter? Then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. Now, there are many, I could go so many different directions with this story, but I want to kind of highlight a couple of things for you. We see a picture of two people that have a completely different spiritual resume, resume if you would. Their walk and their experiences spiritually are very different. So let's talk about Peter. Peter was a Jew who in the Old Testament, they are the God's chosen people. And as a Jew, they didn't always follow their rules. But Peter here is proving very clearly, he's saying to the angel, he's saying to God, no, I can't do that because I know that's wrong. Because I've never done anything, I've always checked the books, I've always done it right. 
So Peter eats. He says, no, 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 no. These are forbidden. God, don't you know? So as a Jew, we already get an insight of the kind of Jew that Peter was. But on top of that, there are many Jews that did not know Jesus. Jesus walked the planet three years. He did his ministry as uh, now he did his ministry for three years. He walked the planet for thirty-three. But uh, but 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 uh, there are many people who even thought Jesus was a fraud. They thought he was uh, some kind of cult leader, and they in fact that's why he was crucified. But then they framed him on all sorts of things. But Peter was not. Peter was the guy who walked with Jesus. He's a guy that when the disciples are gathered together and they're thinking about when Jesus is going to bring his kingdom, uh, what their position is going to be, and then they're talking together one day with Jesus, and, uh, and Jesus kind of strikes a conversation in a small group, if you would. And he says, hey guys, and I've been seeing the headlines, CNN is saying this about me, Fox News saying this, you know, um, uh, but, 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 who do people say that I am? And I'm, I, I can imagine where that conversation went. And, 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 and after they were all done, Jesus, just like Jesus would do, because like, okay, now, now who, who do you say that I am? Peter was the first of the disciples to say that you are Christ, son of the living God. And Jesus turns to Peter and says, Peter, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. But my father in heaven. So, so even as a disciple, and he says, from this time on, I'm going to call you the rock. You know, the rock thinks he uh, has an original name. No, I can't say, like, no. <laughs> Jesus started this. This was Peter. So we look at, uh, as his discipline, this guy, if there was ever a guy that had it all complete, it was Peter, right? And then the other guy was not a Jew. He was not one of God's chosen people, but he was a kind man who had a fear and respect of God in his life, even though he didn't know much about the word of God. He followed the good he could. He gave to people. He prayed to God, but he had never heard about Jesus, the Messiah that had died and rose. He didn't know any of that stuff. But yet both of those people needed to grow. And guess what happened? God sends, they have an, both have an awesome spiritual encounter. How many ever had an angel speak to them audibly? Come pray for us. Praise the Lord. Uh, but you know, um, they had an excellent experience. But still, look at what God does to the guy. He doesn't give him the full plan of salvation. He doesn't say, now he's had this experience. He says, oh, I want you to go and meet a man named Peter. That's why I told you to understand that. Underline that. That his spiritual growth depended on, not that he had an awesome encounter with God, that he needed to walk with people. He had an undisputed experience. He knew what he experienced that day. But yet, the next steps in his life, he needed to meet people. He needed to meet a man, a mere man. Peter, who had a tremendous spiritual resume, also needed to grow. He didn't think he needed to grow, but he did. 
You think about that. God was raising Peter to a new dimension that he had never thought about in his own life. God revealed something in Peter's life that he had never himself gone there because it was a done deal. This was like a non-negotiable. Peter was like, I'm not going to eat that. This is done. And God opened. And you can continue to read the story on your own. I don't have time to do that. But you realize Peter gets this understanding about this group of people that he had completely overlooked. And he says, now I know. One of the things he said, now I know that God is not a disrespect of persons. I don't, I'm not using the same term, but he doesn't show favoritism. He's not passion towards people that the God will pour his Holy Spirit on the Jews as well as the Gentiles. And it changed Peter's ministry. And Christianity moved into places that they never even thought was an option to be presented with the gospel. And I'm telling you, and God used a person that was not even saved at the time to help this giant, spiritual giant break prejudice in his heart concerning other people. Gave a Love for a people that was so different from him that he never even thought about. And yet even Peter needed to grow. And so do we. You want to grow. You need to grow. But growing spiritually depends on how we learn uh, on healthy relationship with others. God didn't come in and change the person. He sent an angel to this guy. But yet he had to connect him with another to grow. Isn't it interesting? I saw, I saw 58 times the Bible says one another. Pray for one another. Encourage one another. Forgive one another. All sorts of one another, one another, one another. And you find that, because sometimes when you think about spiritual growth, you will think, oh, I've got to get things right with me and God. You know, I'm gonna get, I need to get in the Word. I need to get praying more. And, and we need to do that. But I, I, I like to think of it this way, that when it's me and God, that's nutrition, that's a food. Give us this day our daily bread, that's a food and the nu- nutrition we need to grow, to be in the Word and to be in prayer. But God and me and others is muscle. We start to build muscle mass and we start to grow and develop. Because discipleship is not perpetual learning. It's not just learning. It's really learning and applying what we're learning in the context of relationship with others. Both believers, non-believers, <laughs> and, and, and relationships. So uh, what, what, what I want to point today out is this. A fundamental key to growth really depends on do we know how to relate properly? Do we relate? Do we have healthy relationship with others? In fact, many of the Lord's commands that are given to us, we can't even fulfill them with our people. You can't not love. There is no people. You can't forgive if people. You know what I mean? All these things that we are told to do with one another, we can't fulfill them with our people. So really, our growth depends on people. Oh, you thought you're good on your own. No, we were not called to be independent. God created us to be dependent 
on each other. James 5.16, it's not on the overhead, so if you're on the screen, if you want to, you can write it. It said, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for one another so that you may be healed. That the prayer of the righteous person has powerful effect. Or has, uh, 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 now, think about that. Confess your sins to each other and pray for one another. So for the forgiveness that you might be healed. In other words, forgiveness comes from God. But healing comes from others. I even had an experience this week. I'm not going to tell you the whole experience. Where I had to confess my sin to somebody. Because I knew the Lord had already forgiven me when he showed me what it is that I needed to confess. And... But I knew in order to walk the pathway of healing, I needed to walk that with another. And there are some times in your life you're going to have to do that. It's not for forgiveness, but for the healing part, for the victory to be on the other side. It was hard. I had to think about it. But I had to say I was wrong. Admit your faults to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed. And then the prayer of a righteous person availeth much. We like that part. (laughs) But you see what comes before that. Proverbs 27, 17, still not up there. Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Proverbs 27, 19, I like how the Living Bible says, as a mere reflex on a man's face, but what he's really like is shown by the kind of friends he chooses. So I'm going to close, uh, I'm going to go, in. I was, it's not closing, if it's closing or before closings, because I'm going to give you four things. Well, where do we take this? <laughs> How do we grow? So I'm going to give you a f- four pointers here, just to help us remember. First of all, we, we need to nurture the most important relationships. We need to nurture the most important relationship. Here's one, we need to identify in our lives what those important relationships are. And when we do, we need to invest in them. We need to invest in them. It just doesn't happen by osmosis. We need to to spend time and be intentional in in investing in the most important relationship. Maybe relationship with your spouse or your children or your closest friends. But to nurture something, we need to put some... You you have to have some vested... um, If you have interest in it, you have to put some some effort, some energy, some focus, and some intentionality in the most important relationship. First Peter uh, 4.7 says this, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and be sober in your mind so that you you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. I remember when I was a brand new father. It's amazing how it goes. Just like that, you're like, wow. I have a kid that's almost 14. And last night I was thinking, wow, that means in six years I'm going to have a 20-year-old kid. I'm not old enough for that, you know. But I remember when I was a new dad. Uh, and and I, sometimes you come home from work, you're beat up. You're like they took everything. You had 100% when you went in and they took 110 out of you. You know, how many know what I'm talking about? And you go home, the only thing you want to do is like, ah, I just want to lay down. Oh. And you get home and you have a two-year-old. That's got a dynamite energy. And they want to play like crazy. And you're thinking, ah, oh, oh, Lord, have mercy. 
And I remember when you're thinking that, and, and you know, in your mind you're thinking, if I could just somehow figure out how to capture even 10% of that energy and utilize it in my job, I'll be a millionaire. And I remember thinking, so I'm, I, okay, I get down on my knees there and I start playing. And it probably was like five or ten minutes and the kid was so happy and they were out there ready for bed. And I thought to myself, it was a good, one of those good light bulbs moments as a parent. You realize, wow, it didn't take that much. It just needed attention. It, it didn't even take that much and I still was able to, to sleep. But how many times would you pass that and get some excuse or get on your little phony thing or get on your little Facebook thing or your Instagram thingy and get, hide whatever you hide and pass it by? But it's in those moments that add up. And I thought, wow, that was a great revelation. I realized, I thought, oh, it only took very little that I invested and I was focused and I put everything and it meant a lot and I had a great time with my kids. Now, that's the same way I think many times when we look at the important relationship. It's not really, when it talks about commitment and investing in it, oftentimes it actually doesn't take as much energy as we think it would. But the rewards are absolutely fabulous. It like opened my I changed how I thought, and I thank God I couldn't have handled eight kids if it wasn't for that, you know. But, uh, but God, God, it was a revelation from God. I realized how fine it was, and it didn't take that much. I want to encourage you, fathers and mothers of little children. Can you say amen? Oh, come on. God sees where you're at. Raising kids takes energy. But when you invest it correctly, it's worth it. It's worth it. The rewards are worth it, and they pay off in the long time. So don't give up. Uh, and that energy is for something. It's a great time in life, you know? So, awesome. So, anyway, why do I keep having kids? Oh, yeah. But <laughs> then the next thing, the next one, the next one can be a little tricky. It can be a little tricky sometimes. Um, uh, because the second thing is that we need to do is really we need to, to restore broken relationships. We need to re- restore broken relationships. Listen to Colossians 3.13. It says, Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you have grievances against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Oh my goodness. It sounds easy. Application is everything here. You know? But, but, but why is that important? Because the enemy is hell-bent on breaking relationship, on destroying relationship. God wired us to be relational people. And that's why people would drive us nuts like crazy because the enemy knows if he can just get people against each other and get that, he takes so much out of us. And this is why I'm very concerned about the condition of our country. Because I think we've become so partitioned that in the sense that some of these things that are baited on us to get in, it's like, what? It's like there's a, I believe something is happening in the spiritual realm. And the enemy is just pulling things out of the bag. Let them go at it. And we come in like dogs. Ah! We eat each other. And that, 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 that thing dies off and they pick another one. And I tell you there's something spiritual going on. Because if you realize this, people are so divided spiritually. 
And you think you are very, you think you are very balanced in your view. But we are taking sides on everything. And we don't even hear things. But I think it's deeper than these issues that are being brought, brought forth. I think it's a spiritual thing. And I continue to pound this. As a pastor, says, as people of God, we need to take a step back. And not be directed. Even our conversation. I don't even preach on what I hear going on. So who's going to dictate what the Lord says to the church? I, 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 we meet with a, we, we, I meet with a group of pastors in town, and we pray for what's going on in the country. We talk about things. Uh, we try to get together every month or so. Pastors, several pastors, 10 or 15 of us. We're having this conversation. And one of the things I said, so who decides what we preach on? Have we allowed the enemy? Have we allowed the, to use the world and what's going on in the world to be what dictates what gets preached here? So if you ever wonder why I don't talk about those things that are going on, there is your answer. I do believe that we should be led by the Spirit and that the pulpit is for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes, the gospel will affect everything. I want to see a guy that's so Democrat and so Republican loving each other and walking with God and they realize that Christ is even bigger than my, what I think about healthcare or what I think about money or what I think about this. Those things are important and they can be important but they're also temporary. Christ goes above all that. And so if people, if the people of God are just the same way as the people of the world, how will they see our light and be different? They gotta see that there's something deeper than this. Even if we are so persuaded about our convicted about our positions, there are times you gotta just take that and say, people are more important than me being right on this issue. Did you hear me that? People are more important. My brother, my sister is more important than me being correct on this issue. Because there are more greater things. And I believe the enemy is doing that and I'm very concerned about where he would go. If we don't as God's people. Not as, I'm not expecting any senator that we elect or any president that we elect to solve the problem. I'm just saying if God's people are not standing in the gap, that's where the problem is. I, I, I want more than one amen. And we're going to be praying for the, uh, here in a couple of weeks, we'll be doing some uh, prayer and fasting. So be here. Let's call on the Lord. Let's intercede for the country. Let's forgive even when you're wronged. Even when you're blatantly wrong. Because unforgiveness can be a barrier to spiritual growth. And I, let me be clear. God, 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 God doesn't expect us. We're not responsible for what others do. He only expects us to take care of our business. So if we decide in our hearts we forgive, we will love, we will, we will make decisions in our heart to, to, to move forward, to let go, include God in the situation, include others when it's appropriate. When we do our part, God will do something in our hearts. He will do something to prepare us for restoration. There are people that you need to forgive. There are people that you need to let go. Because they are becoming a barrier in your own spiritual walk and your growth. Which leads to my third point is that we need to serve her 
any harmful relationships. We need to cut off any harmful relationship. We need to sever. I guess that's my Kenyan accent. I had to think twice. Did that sound right? Proverbs 13, 20 says, Become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with the fools, is the message Bible, and watch your life fall to pieces. Can I put it in other ways? Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. It's all about who we hang out with. I remember when I got real serious about following God. I was a teenager. I was a teenager. And, I'm a, and I was a, I'm a relational person. Those that know me well, they know I am a relational person. I will, I will put my time aside. I'll spend time with people because people mean, I don't know, I was kind of like that. And as a, as, a, as, a, as a young teen, I think it made me, I was one of those, I won't say popular, but I had a cluster of many friends. I was always a team captain because they liked me somehow somehow, because I took time with all my friends, you know. And but when I when I started as a teenager, I started following God and I was involved with all these groups of kids and we did all sorts of things. And I knew that where God was calling me in my life that I needed to cut off some relationships. And and I'd invested my life with these guys. We've been friends in school, we've done all sorts of things together. And I also wanted them to get saved. But God's like, nope, you don't go there. You don't go to that party. You don't go to that invitation. You turn it down. You go to, sc- go to church, go to this. And for a little time there, and you're talking as a teenager, that's an important time in your life to have friends. Maybe some of you are kind of didn't care for that. Some of us did. And so it was, it was a little hard at the time. And, and, and I remember walking through a year of life and some, some of my friends thinking, man, he got really all religious and, and sometimes they wouldn't invite me now. You know, sometimes I was cutting down invitation now. They weren't inviting me because they figured I wouldn't approve of what they wanted to do. And I was okay. But I remember after about a year, I looked back and in a subtle way, God had then joined me with some different kinds of friends. It didn't happen like at a flip of a light that it changes. Like, oh, yep, old friends don't want to get in trouble. New friends that are awesome. No. But I had to be willing to not go there. I had to be willing to not hang out at certain places. I had to be willing to like, I used to like that a lot, but I'm going to pass. And I could look, I could honestly look back and think some of the friends that I ended up growing with at that time, as I, I got more involved in church, I was involved in any ministry out there. And I, I, people that I just met through church and before, they became lifelong friends. And a lot of our friends, oh man, some of these guys, we, every once in a while we get, uh, we get together. One of my friends even came here for the transition. And he works, uh, he's in uh, the Washington DC area and uh, doing some phenomenal work with um, engineering and stuff, uh, working for, with nuclear plants and all that, you know, so, like all these guys are doing, one of my other friends is like traveling the world. Like he heads up some big Microsoft thing all over Africa, but he's traveling all the time. Gives me a call when he's in Seattle for some meeting. And, 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 and they even succeeded. The ones, some of them are serving the Lord in ministry. 
they all, wherever they went, wherever we went, God used these guys. But these were young people that committed all their lives to the Lord. We were serving when people were doing other things. We were serving the Lord. Um, I was a sports guy. I was, I was winning all sorts of things. I could have gone on on that path. And actually God told me to lay down my judo thing to serve. And I know if I had gone that path, I would be a totally different man than I am now. I'm telling you all that to tell you this, that some of you will never get to your destiny until you sever some relationships that you're clinging on to. Because they are not going where God wants you to go. You'll never get where because their input is only pulling you down. We need to identify those and we need to move on. And God is faithful. God will begin. God is a God of divine connection. This guy that we talked about, Cornelius, God gave him a divine connection. He would have never thought that the apostle Peter would be the guy that would tell him, let me tell you about Jesus. You think, hey, who led you to the Lord? Well, the apostle Peter is the one that told me all about Jesus. He never thought that. But God is a God of divine connections. You gotta have to trust God and let go of some relationships that are not healthy for you and trust that God will connect you with the right kind of people in your life. And lastly, is that we need to initiate meaningful relationships. Initiate meaningful relationships. Hebrews 10, 25, not giving up on meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another. Again, that's one another again there, right? And all the more as you see the day, capital D, approaching. I think we are living in those days, and that day is approaching. And um, when I tell you, so, um, <clears throat> The law says that we, we should even make it stronger habit of getting together. Coming together with, the, with God's people. Coming together with people that will challenge you and encourage you and help you grow. Let's grow together. I love David in uh, Psalm 34. Uh, um, says that uh, let, let, let us, let us uh, uh, exalt that. Come praise the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together is what I was looking for. Because... Even this morning, don't take it lightly when we come together to praise the Lord. Something is being added to you spiritually when we come to God's presence together. Don't make it, don't, don't, don't be casual about these things. Because you, you, the times where you kind of give up and don't go and you don't push yourself and you don't make it a priority in your life, maybe you're missing out on the, just the, the, the day that the Lord was going to give you your miracle. Like the, I know Pastor Dustin preached this in the summer. The guy that stood, stood in the temple every day, every day, every day he was at the temple in Acts chapter 3. The, and this one day, Peter and Paul show up. It wasn't Peter and Paul. I forget who it is. There's a song about it. Peter and who went to pray? It was Paul, right? So I'm, I am right. No, Paul wasn't in the picture in Acts chapter 3. Peter and John. Yeah, I know my theology a little bit. Paul was <laughs> Peter and John. I want to say Paul, but Paul wasn't. He was a heathen at that time, killing people. But that guy, that day, 
That day was the day of his miracle. I was like, wow, it's raining so much today. And we're Nebraskans. Come on. It's so much snow today. I'm going to pass. I'm going to sleep in. But that's the day. If he had said that, that's the day that he got his miracle. So I want to encourage all of you that are in church. Get yourself in the game 100%. How do we, how do we, how do we, um, uh, initiate? And I like that word initiate because it really says that we need to, it puts the onus on us that we are the ones that are going to do something about those relationships. Because it's always funny to me. It's like, oh, well, you know, I went to church all the time. Nobody even noticed I was there. Don't get yourself on a pity party. Well, nobody said hi to me. Who did you say hi to? Oh, no one ever invites me out for... Well, who did you invite out? I'm preaching good, you know that. The initiative is like, puts it on you. Don't be just a casual. We want you... I'll tell you, a city church... Our leadership team, any of these pastors will tell you that. We don't want you to be just a seat warmer. We don't want you to be just a, 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 a tender or whatever. We want you to participate. We want you to be in the game. We will find a place for you to be in the game. This is why small groups are so important because it allows for that relationships to begin to grow. And some of you, maybe you're not even in a small group yet. And God today is saying to you, you do not even need to be in a small group. You need to be leading one. All right. Church, you know I'm preaching. Because I found this. The people who lead are the ones who grow the most. My biggest spiritual growth in my life is when I started leading a small group. Because when everybody else is showing up at your house, before they show up, you got I am not going to look stupid here. I'm going to look up those verses up. I'm going to be praying. My God, I, you know, you're going to be praying. So you're doing double. So when you're having that discussion, you've already prayed. You've already looked over. Guess what? You're, you're in the word more than the people coming in. And, and, and I was a 17-year-old kid when I started leading the first small group I led. And it was not like a youth group. It was a neighborhood group. So anybody that lives near that block that goes to church is assigned to that group. Some of the people in the group are older than my dad. But guess what? I grew. I was still a kid. I looked 12, but God still used me. And that's what I'm telling you, teenagers in here, don't wait till you are grown up to serve the Lord. The Lord can use it. And I know without a doubt, because some of my most intimate times and most exciting experiences I ever had with God was before I was 20. Because I know that we have the capacity, if we just allow God to use us, He would use us no matter how young you are. As we close today, I, we're going to have communion here in a minute. In fact, I want us to stand and pray together. As I was talking today, maybe the Lord's saying some things to you. Maybe you're being challenged in your spirit somewhere. How many received something from God today? Oh, come on. Okay, a few of you. I'm going to pray for the rest.
But I do believe what we're going to experience here together is communion. And, and it's one of the places, in fact, I don't have time to go through the verse, but we're told in Corinthians that sometimes when, when we take to, com- to go to communion, don't go to it lightly. It says, before you even partake of it, start forgiving people. Start forgiving people. <laughs> Some of you today is about forgiving people and just trusting God with them. And I, and I want you to take uh, the moment. In fact, I'm going to pray here in a moment. But I want you to think about what God's saying. Don't just listen. Don't be just a hearer of the word. Be a doer also. You'll start seeing growth in your life like never before when you start putting the word in place. Close your eyes with me. Thank you, Jesus. Start praising God all over. Open your mouth. Begin to just worship him. Begin to talk to him. Your prayer to him is just as important, if not more important than me praying over you right now. And you know that area that God's speaking to you, where you're being challenged, where you're being pushed to grow. I want you to kind of right now just begin to bring it before the Lord. Oh, no, it's so quiet in this place. We need to... Thank you, Lord. 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 Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy, your grace, your healing virtue, O oh God, which you've dispensed upon us today, God, at the sitting of your word. And God, we ask in the name of Jesus that you will cause your word to bring forth growth in our lives. We ask today that your word will not return void to you, but it will accomplish in each one of our lives the purpose for which you sent it today, Lord, we ask. Lord, areas where the enemy has taken a win over us. Maybe areas where we've been hurt, where areas where we've hurt others, areas where we've kind of been lazy, oh God. We ask that you would forgive us, that you will heal us, that you will bring a fresh anointing for new growth, that even this, as we begin this new quarter of 2017, that the world will propel us to greater things, that this year will end greater than it even began, Lord. We thank you. As we take communion today, we just ask today, God, that you minister to us by your Holy Spirit, God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. They're going to pass communion.